are listening to the Plano Pulse, a Plano Chamber podcast keeping you in tune with the heartbeat of the local business community. It's time for the Plano Pulse. Thank you for joining us for Plano Pulse, recorded here at the Plano Chamber office located in the Legacy Texas Business Center. I'm Lamont Thomas, 2019 Board Chair of the Plano Chamber. And I'm Lisa Smith, 2019 Board Chair-Elect of the Plano Chamber. So let's jump right in and introduce today's guest. Officer David Tilley is the Plano Police Department's Public Information Officer. He reports directly to the Chief of Police and serves as the official department spokesperson for the media. Officer Tilley is also responsible for responding to media inquiries, coordinating press conferences and public events, and serving as a liaison for public relations matters with other government agencies. The office strives to educate the public, tout the department's accomplishments, and improve public relations. Thank you for being here today, Officer Tilly. Thank you. Happy to be here. So before we dive in, can, we, can you give us a brief overview of Plano Police Department and the different departments and programs that make up the organization? Number of employees, officers, stations, different departments and programs, et cetera. Sure. We currently have budgeted over 680 employees. Over 400 of those at this time are sworn. Uh, we have currently about nine different buildings that we work out of, several different units such as our neighborhood police officers, our narcotics units, uh, our school resource officers and different areas. They work in different buildings throughout the city. Our main location is our headquarters at 909 14th Street. We are very fortunate here in Plano with our department because we are kind of considered to be a mid-cities department. Um, but it allows us the opportunity that a lot of the smaller cities don't have that we have so many different units in our department to be able to conduct all measures of uh, investigations that we need to take place. We have um, our major unit also is our chief's unit, obviously, uh, which comprises of the open records unit, our victim services unit, professional standards, my office, the PIO office, public information office, along with the normal chief's operational group that he has in there. We have a field operations bureau, which is probably one of our largest because it's made up of our patrol services division, our high visibility enforcement unit, our canine operations, our neighborhood police officers, and our public safety officers. We also have our support operations bureau. That basically is made up of our criminal investigation side. It has our burglary unit, our crimes against persons unit, our bait deployment, our family violence, our fraud forgery units, our general assignments, intelligence unit, surveillance unit, juvenile unit, narcotics, crime prevention, our traffic enforcement, uh, our school resource officer, crossing guards, as well as our training, warrants, and court security. Uh, There's a lot of different uh, units within our department. As I say, that's where we're very, very Uh, blessed to have that opportunity that we can pretty much conduct an entire investigation no matter how large right within our own department. We are so fortunate to have such a great department here in Plano but when when people hear police department they think police officers on the streets responding to calls writing traffic tickets it's obviously so much more than that. If you had to choose what are a few of the functions or programs of the Plano Police Department that you wish people were more aware of? Well, you're right. A lot of people do think of the traffic tickets as being the the big part of it, but actually that's a very, very small part of what we do. Um, Traffic enforcement is important because we recognize the fact that in Plano, you're more likely to be killed or injured in a traffic crash than any other way. 
So our goal with doing traffic enforcement has to do with changing people's driving behaviors. We believe that traffic enforcement, seeing the typical person seeing a police car on the roadway, they automatically change their driving behaviors. And uh, that is a goal and that's the purpose behind the traffic enforcement. But we have, let me see, so far this year we've answered um, a little over 42,000 calls for service in just this short time. So answering calls for service is a very, very important and a large part of what we do. Our job out there is public safety. So we wanna make sure that we are keeping our citizens safe on the roadways as well as inside their homes. Probably if I had to pick a function that I wish more people knew about and would become more involved in, it would be our Citizens Police Academy. The, the beautiful thing about that program is the average citizen can come in and they will go through about a 12-week process, classes, where they will learn the inner workings of our department. They get to see everything from the criminal investigation side of it to the traffic enforcement side of it to our canine, our SWAT operations. They get to do the whole thing. And on top of that, they get to actually get out there and drive our tactical driving course in a police car. Well, that sounds fun. So, okay. Officer Tilly, um, when we think about economic growth and the growth in Plano, a lot of that focus is placed on thinking tax breaks that companies get, the schools, but also we don't think about a lot of it is the fact that Plano consistently ranks as one of the safest cities in the country, which attracts, you know, helps attract business. What kind of partnerships with community and businesses do you see happening and continuing to happen to make Plano consistently a safe city? You know, I get that question a lot, and and most of the people want to know why. For so many years, we are considered to be one of the safest cities overall, and I, I contribute that to the relationship that our public safety, whether it be police or fire, have built with our citizens in the community. We understand that we cannot do this on our own. It does take our citizen involvement. They are our eyes and our ears. Um, you know, we talk about first responders all the time, but at the end of the day, the people that are out there seeing these crimes take place, they are our first line of defense. They are the ones that we depend on to call us and let us know when they see something that doesn't look right. So we talk about that. We have a lot of different programs through our citizens or for our crime prevention unit. Uh, the fire department does as well with all other public education they do. And I think it's just getting out there, meeting our citizens, providing them all these different classes that we, that we have to help them be safer. And I think overall, the communication aspect is also extremely important. And we communicate with our citizens. We have pretty much a lot of different venues and platforms that people can contact us and talk to us about and uh, raise any concerns they might have. And as I say, I think that's a really huge part of why we are consistently rated as one of the safest cities in America. As a business organization, we have to ask, how can businesses help make Plano safer? How can we help? Businesses play a really large role in this because they're the ones that come in. They're, they're bringing a lot of people in our city that don't necessarily live in our city. So sometimes it's a little bit harder to communicate with people outside of our city, but they're still part of who we're there to serve, uh, the, the customers of our businesses. So we, we try to work out with, again, our crime prevention unit, talk about um, 
doing these free business security assessments to where somebody can come into their to their building, they can feel safe, uh, they know that they have taken that business has taken all the necessary precautions to make sure that their customers and their clientele are kept safe, as well as all the different workplace violence uh, seminars that we give, because that is a huge thing in this day and age that we've you've heard over and over again about the different incidents across the country of workplace violence that take place. And statistically, with a lot of these larger companies out there, not everyone is having a good day. And you never know to what point that breaking point is. And to be able to communicate with these business managers to let them know and teach these employees about the dangers associated with, with workplace violence and what to do in the event something happens is really, really critical. So how can a business request an assessment or a seminar? All they have to do is call up our Crime Prevention Unit. That number is 972-941-2431. They can just tell them, hey, I want to get a business assessment unit. One of our highly trained crime prevention officers will go out there. They'll work through the business. They'll give them some suggestions on what they can do to make that place safer. They can set up these seminars for their companies as well. We'll go out there and provide them a seminar. We also provide that same service to homeowners, they, the free home security assessment as well. They call that same number. We'll come out to your home, spend an hour, hour and a half out there, and we'll go through your home step by step and give you some recommendations how, how you can make your home more intruder-proof. We call it hardening the target. And that's something that I think is really, really helpful when, especially if you're going to go on vacation, at least you know that you've taken the necessary precautions to make your home harder to get into. It's a great service. So we have some more questions for Officer Tilly, including his insight into the most common scams residents encounter. But first, let's take a quick break for a message from the presenting sponsor, Plano Pulse, Legacy Texas. I want a bank focused on customer service. Scratch that. I want a bank focused on customer action. At Legacy Texas, we couldn't agree more. What bank doesn't focus on its customers? That's cost of entry. We make it our job to help your money work efficiently and productively. So whether you're juggling a family, running a business, or both, you can count on Legacy Texas to be proactive, take action, and help you achieve your goals. Legacy Texas. Change your mind about banks. Member FDIC. And we're back with our guest, Officer David Tilley, Public Information Officer for the Plano Police Department. So, Officer Tilley, we, before the break, we said we'd come back and talk about scams. Can you share some of the scams that residents should be aware of that are going, going? We hear about them daily whether it's over the internet, phone, mail, et cetera. Yeah, there, there are so many scams out there. They're, they're getting to the point they're really hard to keep up with because you may have one scam that you're familiar with, and then next thing you know, you've got a very similar scam that somebody has kind of taken it and put a little new twist to it. So they're, they're very difficult to keep up with, and what we try to inform our citizens of is, number one, Never be in a rush because that's what these scam artists are going to try to do is they're going to try to put pressure on you. They're going to try to make you make an instant decision. And that's why it's so important that you just take a step back. You think about it. If somebody is telling you you have to act on it right away, don't. It's not that important. You can take a step back, think about it, and do a little bit more research. Um, one of the biggest issues that we've had on scams which we communicate with our social media platforms and all of our crime prevention programs, is majority of these scammers that are taking a lot of money are using gift cards 
as payment. That's how they tell you to pay, is they want you to go get a Google Play car, a card, an, an iTunes card, a Green Dot card, which is basically a reloadable MasterCard for the most part. Um, each of those serve their own little purpose, but paying a debt is not going to be the way that they want to use that. And so often I get calls about somebody saying that they got a call from somebody saying that they had a warrant or whatever the case may be, and they ask them to pay using a gift card. No legitimate organization is going to ask you to pay this with a gift card. So what we try to tell everybody is if you ever get a, a, an email, a phone call, whatever the case may be, and somebody is asking you to pay this debt using a gift card, immediately consider that this is going to be a scam and do not take it, do not do anything with it other than hang up that phone. So that's a, those are very hard to investigate as well for our detectives because many of these gift cards are completely untraceable. So unfortunately, there, there have been a lot of people lost money over this. I actually heard something the other day, it didn't happen in our city, uh, but a lady went to the store to buy some gift cards. And the clerk actually recognized the fact that she was buying so many gift cards and told the lady that, you know, she actually asked her why she was getting these gift cards and was able to explain to her that she believed she was getting scammed and saved her a lot of money as a result of that. And, and that's what we would like for, and that's where our businesses can actually help us out. When they see somebody come in that's asking to buy a large amount of gift cards, strike up a conversation. Just ask them, say, are you having, you know, somebody having a big birthday or whatever the case may be? And if somebody tells them, hey, I'm using it to pay off a debt, these business, these clerks and everybody else can kind of step in and say, hey, you need to rethink this because I think you're being scammed. Um, and that's something that's very, very important. We put it out through our social media platforms as well as we teach that in a lot of our crime prevention programs. That's great information, especially since a lot of our seniors are being victimized by that. Our parents and grandparents are being victimized by that. So that's good information to share and good for the business, too, to look out for those that are their customers that are coming in asking more questions. Right. We're all in this together, so we have to keep everybody safe. And it takes it takes this army to actually beat these scammers because they are all over the place. And most of them are actually coming from overseas. Well, as a follow-up to that, you know, you're talking about social media. Talk about how, how, how the department's on social media. I know you're all over next door answering questions and and uh, give, giving out information. Yeah, we, we currently use um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Nextdoor as our social media platforms. Um, each of those serve their own purpose. And when I, uh, when I came into this office, we had no, so, no social media at all. Um, I went to Chief Russian and I explained to him, I said, I think we need to get on board. A lot of law enforcement agencies out there are starting to use this, and I think this is something that could be very beneficial to us. Um, Chief Russian is one of these that's um, very fiscally responsible with our taxpayers' <laughs> money, uh, sometimes to the point that I kind of think he may be believing it's actually coming out of his pocket. But it's a good thing because he is, you know, one of the things that he always talks about when we want to spend money is he questions, how is this going to benefit our community? And, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for him for his ethics on that. But I explained to him this doesn't cost us any money. It's, uh, it's completely free. We set this up. It's just going to take a little bit. Um, he had some concerns because he's not really as technically advanced as maybe some people are. So he didn't quite understand it completely. But 
he gave me the latitude to just move forward with it and we're going to see how it works and it's it's been very positive and um you know people have asked me about the next door that's a big one uh, probably if i had to get rid of all of our social media except for one i would keep next door and the primary reason is because that's a communication platform that we can use directly to our citizens the people that are paying my salary, the people that we're here to serve. It's been a huge benefit for us to actually get out a lot of critical information, whether it be safety information, whether it be some of the classes and seminars that we're providing, um, as well as crime trends. If we're having a problem in a specific neighborhood, I can actually put that out to a specific neighborhood and say, hey, we're having this problem. So um, it's, it's a challenge sometimes. Um, I will say that uh, social media has taught me patience, but at the same time, um, there's always good with the bad, and uh, I think the good outweighs the bad tremendously in this in this situation. Great, thank you. Well, we've asked a lot of questions about the department today, but we'd like to, to know a little bit more about you. I know you're a Plano native, and you'll be celebrating eight years in your current role as public information officer next month. But you started your career with, with the department as a police officer, right? Um, tell us a little bit about your time with the department and how the city and the police department have changed over the years. Well, I was kind of a late bloomer in law enforcement. I didn't start until 1997. Um, when I started, I worked patrol, and that's pretty much where I spent the majority of my career up until 2011 uh, when the chief selected me to go into the public information officer role. Uh, and I've been doing that ever since. I love it. Um, this department has grown substantially over the years. It, it was about, we had about 230, 240 sworn officers when I came on board. We're now over 400. Um, just to give you an idea, my badge number is 1471, and every person that's hired after me gets the next badge number up, and we're already in the upper 1900s. So it's made a substantial growth over the years. I am a Plano native. My family moved to Plano in 1961. So back then, there were only about 7,000 people in this city. So I have seen this town grow from around 7,000 all the way to almost 300,000 people now. So uh, it's, which things change. I mean, the way police work was done back in the 70s and 80s, it's done so much differently today. And even since I started my career, I see so many changes in the way that law enforcement works in the way that they actually do their jobs. So Officer Tilly, you speak of the growth of Plano, and with that growth of Plano from 7,000 to almost 300,000, the diversity of Plano has changed as far as the makeup of Plano. How has the police department changed as, as far as engaging more with the community, a diverse community, becoming more and more culturally sensitive to that community, and understanding that sometimes people are coming from other countries that interact with policing just a little different than what we're accustomed to here. Well, and one of the things that whenever you are hired on here, one of the things, questions that we ask our, our applicants is, do you believe that the diversity within the department should mirror that of the community? And uh, we believe it does. We believe it's very important for that. Uh, we are a very diverse community. It's things have changed, you're right, over the years. So one of the things that we've been doing for several years is cultural diversity training. All cultures kind of work different ways and their contact, their interactions with law enforcement many times are based upon their culture, sometimes based upon previous dealings with law enforcement. Um, 
So it's very, very important that we get out there and we teach our officers and make them understand that just because somebody isn't making eye contact with you doesn't mean that they're trying to be deceptive. Uh, it's, it's their culture. It's the way they are. And understanding where they came from is extremely important because you may talk to someone a little bit differently than you would another person based on their culture. And that's something, as I say, that we, we teach our officers on a regular basis. It's something that we believe is very, very important. Um, we have gone to the levels of we have a Mandarin-speaking public safety officer because we have a large Mandarin-speaking community out here. Uh, so we, we want to make sure that we can get all communication with them or, or to them. And that's important. And to say, we also go to all of these different um, colleges to try to recruit different diversities, get different religions into our department, get, get different cultures into our department. That's really, really critical. And we believe it's very, very important. That's incredible. One more question, if I could. So I just remember growing up and there was always an officer coming down the street. He would stop all the kids would run to the car, interact with them. He'd make sure we're doing okay, talk, listening to our parents, focus in school, et cetera. Are there programs that the Plano uh, Police Department has specifically for children to engage with kids early and continue that strengthening that relationship as they certainly you know, grow up and have that same uh, respect and interaction with the police? There are. We have several different programs. Uh, one of the ones that we, we enjoy doing a lot is our cafeteria cops where we'll actually go over to the different elementary schools. Our officers will get behind there and we'll actually serve the kids some, some lunch. Uh, our vacation safety school is another one that runs. We have several different of those that run during the summertime and the kids learn about stuff. Um, we have our youth police academy, which is more for the older kids, the, the younger teens, and, and they can come in and they can. It's very similar to our citizens police academy, but it's more designed and directed towards our youth. So we do recognize that that we need to make contact and we need to make positive impressions with our children out there to make sure they understand that that they don't have to be afraid it's very important that they know that they don't want to be afraid of the police when they're in trouble when they need somebody this is who they need to come to great officer tilly when a, when a citizen reports a crime what is the response how does how does how does the citizen know what's happening what's happened in that well there's we offer a lot of different ways to report a crime. Um, some people don't like the idea of a police car being in front of their house. Uh, so they can do it online. They can report a call uh, online. They can report um, through the phone, through our telephone reporting unit. Or if they want an officer to come out to the house, they can do that. Um, our officer will, will arrive out there if they are calling in such, such as like a suspicious circumstance or something that they just want us to check out. Uh, while the dispatcher is talking to them on the phone, they can actually request to be contacted after that's over with. All of our officers have city-issued cell phones. So when the officer goes out there and conducts the inv investigation, at the end of the investigation, if the person who made that phone call wants to hear what the results of our investigation was, they can request that, and our officer will actually call them back and let them know what actually happened. And, and I think that's important because a lot of people will ask me after the fact and say, hey, we called in something, but we never did hear from anybody on what the results were, so can you tell me? Um, I'll pull up the call notes and I'll realize, well, they never asked to be contacted again. So I encourage people, if, they, if they're calling in something, 
it's apparently something that's concerning to them. So ask for that contact. Ask for that callback. Can you let me know what the results of your investigation were? Because I think that will set some people at ease to know that it turned out to be nothing. We checked it out. And I think that will, as I say, place them a little bit at ease that it really wasn't anything major. But at the same time, I want to make sure people understand it's a very, very important that if they see something that just looks suspicious, out of place, if they get that gut feeling, do not hesitate to call us because that's what we're here for. And if it's something that is not as critical as maybe another call out there, it may not get priority, but it will get eventually taken care of. Great. Thank you. That's, that's a great service to our citizens. Well, Officer Tilly, I had a friend who had an accident in a, uh, in a parking lot, and she had gotten hit. Her car was damaged. She was waiting for, for a response from a tow truck, waiting, waiting. It didn't happen. And some officers pulled up, helped her change her tire, and when, when the car still wouldn't, wouldn't move, they took her home. I think that's, that's a prime example of what an outstanding police force we have. Do you, have, do you get any other uh, feedback from our citizens? I do. We, we get that a lot, and that's not uncommon. That's what our officers are out there for, to help our citizens that are in need. So I do get a lot of emails, and I do get a lot of messages from different stuff. Uh, this morning, I just got an email from a citizen that basically said they wanted to take a moment to let us know about one of our officers and what they did last night. Around 9.15, her 16-year-old daughter got pulled over at Custer and McDermott because her headlights weren't on. Um, this mother believes that they had the oil changed and that possibly in the process of that, the automatic light function, they may have turned it. So she was unaware. She's 16 and she's still probably learning how to drive, of course. And uh, so the officer pulled her over. Rather than, and the message basically said, he used this opportunity as a learning one rather than scolding her. Of course, she was terrified for being stopped. He was graceful and understanding of her, and for that I'm thankful. Of course, she did not get his name, but I wanted to pass this on to you. As a mother of a brand new driver, I love that I can look to the Plano Police Department to not only watch out for her safety, but also teach her when she is wrong. Thank you for being, thank you for your time and being a superb department. That's just an email that I received today. And these emails come in on a regular basis. I'll take these emails and messages on next door and whatever, and I will forward them up to that officer and that officer supervisor because I think it's important. A lot of times our officers that are out there doing this stuff, they don't always get the recognition, and they're not there for that, but it's kind of nice to get it every now and then, um, not just from the citizen, but also to know it's coming from internally. You're being recognized as doing good, and each one of these commendations that come in go to the chief's desk and the chief personally reads them and writes a note on there and it goes into their personnel file. That's and that great. I think is something that is unique and I think it's something that's important to our officers. Well, it's a real tribute to our officers. You know, I always say we're a big city, but we still have that small town feel. And, and I think our officers really contribute to that. I totally believe so. Thank you. Well, before we wrap up, we wanted to give you an opportunity to do what you do best and that's brag on your team. What, uh, what Plano Police Department achievements can you share with us that you are most proud of? Ah, there's so many. Um, you know, we, we do, I am so proud of our investigators. We just recently had a case not too long ago that we, we literally had a whodunit incident that took place and within a matter of literally six hours, we had a, a suspect identified and in custody. Our, our detectives are willing to work 
24-7 if need be to help solve major cases and stuff. And, and I'm so proud of everything they do. Uh, we're fortunate in Plano. We don't have a whole lot of homicides, but our homicide solve rate is, is extremely high, which is really good. But at the end of the day, probably I would have to say our patrol services unit. These are the men and women that are out there on the streets every single day. They're dealing with incidents that they really don't even know for sure what they're running into. They're walking up on cars that they don't know, you know, what's going to happen. Um, the climate that we have today and, and some of the attitudes towards law enforcement is not real good. And these are the men and women who take the initial call. They have to gather as much information that ultimately makes the case for the detectives. Uh, they miss the holidays. They miss birthdays. These, these patrol services unit officers, I believe, are the backbone of this department. And probably if I had to say that I was more impressed with anyone, it would have to be that particular unit because they do a lot of good work. Well, thank you for sharing that. And we're, we're just about out of time today, Officer Tilly, but thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us today and to share so much about our incredible police department. Sure, my pleasure. We also want to give special thanks to Legacy Texas for their partnership as the presenting sponsor of Plano Pulse. Contact us to learn more about how your business can join Legacy Texas as a sponsor of this podcast. And that's the end of our show for today. Please let us know your thoughts and share with your friends and colleagues. Also, be sure to download the new Plano Chamber app to listen to Plano Pulse on the go. Thanks for listening.